Hello, I'm your host, Kyle Trailer, and this is The Anchor. Alright, so what's up, you know? This is crazy. I never thought I'd ever do a podcast in high school. Uh, I'm Kyle Trailer, the host. You know, you already know that. This is The Anchor. Yeah, on here we're just going to talk about, you know, sports, you know, the school, what's going around the school, and uh, have some guests and maybe a few special, you know, special episodes around the corner. Who knows? It's going to be a little bit of exciting, exciting stuff. Uh, we're just going to have fun with it. We're going to see how this goes. So, yeah. Thank you all for joining me on this ride. You know, it's going to be a little bumpy to start. But let's go through this together, you know. Maybe maybe a few of y'all listening right now will be on the show soon. You know, I just want to thank y'all and let's get right into it. Alright, so now we're going to jump into our first segment, which is sports. Or in this one, I talked to Coach Fair about the football season and his plans and his ideas and what he thinks his team can achieve this year and the players that he thinks we should watch out for. So I just want to you know, welcome y'all to the show, and this is the first ever interview that I ever had with anybody. So if it's a little rough around the edges, you know, don't, it'll, get, it'll get better, guys. So yeah, let's just dig in. Welcome to the interview. So I want to welcome you to the podcast. We're going to be talking about um, the football season and yeah. just how it's going to look this year. Sure. I'm excited about it. So what's your, your plan for the season? Obviously, it's going to be a little different with COVID. Yeah. Well, uh, we're dealing with the COVID stuff again this year, which has a whole uh, different set of challenges. And, uh, you know, it's just some things we're going to have to play by ear, and we're trying to do our best to make sure that, uh, you know, we're doing uh, right by the kids and, and all the protocols and, and those type things to give us a chance to play. And I think we do a good job with that. But, uh, you know, football season's tough anyway. You know, there's always some adversity you have to go through, whether it's injuries or, you know, a lot of things that you can't see coming. So to add COVID on top, it, it kind of puts another spin on it too. So it's just something that, uh, you know, we talk to our kids about all the time, about, you know, fighting through adversity and only controlling what you can control, which is our effort and our attitude, and, and uh, just go through it. And, uh you know, looking forward to a, to a great season. It is definitely going to be different, though. You know, we did a, a, a lot of running last year. Is yeah. that the plan this year? Uh, you want to call plays that uh, to gives your guys success. And, uh, you know, last year it seems like that we were built for that. And uh, Jay Reed had a big year for us. Our offensive line kind of grew up for us and, and, and did well on the offensive side of the ball. And, but I think we got some guys, some playmakers on the perimeter this year that, that uh, will make some big plays for us in the passing game. So, you know, we just want to give our guys the best uh, uh, possible way to be successful. And, you know, if we feel like it's it's running the ball, and then that's what we'll do. And if we, if we need to throw it, I think this year we got some guys that can go get it. All right, so I'm going to build off that a little bit. And you just name some positives this team has. Yeah, uh, some positives that we got. I think our our main thing is is our experience that we have coming back. We've got a big senior class. There's about 15 of them that's all played significant time, and uh, a lot of them had to start as sophomores. So uh, this will be their third year starting uh, for some of them. So we're going to lean on those guys early. You know, it's uh, a tough schedule that we've got, and we're going to need that experience in some big-time games. So uh, I think that's one main thing. I think that our physical conditioning is is as good as it's been in a while. I think we're big and strong in some places where we need to be. Uh, and we've got some team speed. You know, I don't know if anybody ever has as much team speed as they want, but uh, our guys have been working hard. They're fast. Uh, faster than they were, and and uh, but I think more than anything, probably the experience level that we've got coming back is going to be good for us. All right, so I'm gonna flip it to the other side, and what are some things that we could work on this year? So well, you know, we've got some guys, some young guys, uh, especially at linebacker, uh, that we just don't know yet. 
about. They're going to have to step up and, and make some plays early. Uh, they're going to get tested early. Uh, our defensive backs the same way. I think they are as skilled and, and as good football players as we've had here, but they haven't had to be the guy yet. So until we go out there and see what they can do on a Friday night, uh, those positions are you know kind of up in the air, but uh, it's just those holes that we had to fill from graduation last year. Uh, they're they're going to have to make some plays, and, and I know they can do it, but I'm ready to see them do it against somebody else. Now, I did hear we have new faces on the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got a couple. Coach Rico McDonald's coaching our running backs and uh, doing a tremendous job. He was he was a great high school player at Ripley. Went to Delta State, was All-American at Delta State. And uh, so he's coming in doing running for uh, 30-something years at the co- collegiate level. And, you know, there's nothing that he hasn't hasn't seen and it's been a, a joy to work with these guys and they bring something to the table that that's hard to uh you know replicate they, they just do a good job and they're great with kids and, and they're great on our coaching staff and yeah yeah coach warner's uh you know we we developed a relationship probably 10 years ago uh when he first got to Ole Miss and uh we've just kind of kept up with each other all the way through and I told him if he ever gets tired of of coaching in college and retires or whatever I'd love for him to to come help me and uh, we finally were able to work it out. He was at South Carolina a couple of years ago uh, coaching their quarterbacks. And uh, he knew Oxford was a place where he wanted to retire and and, uh, and stay here. And uh, so we were able to work it out. And he comes and, and helps us and is just tremendous. Uh, like I said, the, the amount of knowledge and experience that he brings to the table, it's, I learn something from that guy every day. So, um, obviously, tires to get injured. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the – yeah, I'm not really sure when it was injured. It was something that he's kind of been battling. It's a shoulder injury, and uh, went to the doctor this summer, and and uh, you know the doctors kind of advised him uh, that it's something that needs to go ahead and get fixed. Obviously, it's not healing the way that we had hoped it would heal on its own with therapy. So uh, they went in and had surgery, and and that put him out for a senior football season. And you know we're all upset about that. To be honest with you, uh, more than anything, I, I'm upset for Tyrus because uh, you know he he's played all the way through. He's had a good career here. To not be able to play for. Uh, his senior year is, is uh, tough, and I hate it for him because, you know, he's put in the work to be able to do uh, But he's still down there every day. He's a leader for us and uh, one of those seniors that uh, we're going to lean on uh, just as leadership. Now that's not on the field, it'll be off. Uh, but as far as the team goes, you know, we're turning it over to Will Dabney. We're expecting really big things out of him. He's worked his tail off to be in the position he's in, and it's kind of that next man up mentality. Everybody realizes that the game of football doesn't revolve around one position or one guy. So, uh, you know, we're excited about Will and the opportunities that that are coming his way. All right. So you said Tyrus is a leader. Do we have any other leaders that are outspoken on the team? Yeah, you know, uh, Jalen Gross on the offensive line is one of our more, more vocal guys, and uh, he's he's fun to be around. He's To watch him with our younger offensive linemen and the way he leads and it, is a lot of fun. Uh, defensively, we've got some really good leaders, but uh, more of those guys are, are lead-by-example type guys, which is fine too. And, and D.J. Burgess and Mario Wilburn, I think you know they're big-time leaders, but they may not always be the rah-rah guys in the locker room. But if you watch how they play and you watch how they prepare and practice, uh, they're leading. They're just not having to talk while they're doing it. Well, you can build off them too because obviously they made big commitments this summer. Yeah. What do you What do you think of what they can do? This yeah, year? I, you know those two guys. The sky's the limit. You, you know, you're talking about uh, a couple of Division One college football players that's going to be leading our defense and really good up front for us. Our front seven, I think, is as skilled as any group we've had here uh, defensively since I've been here. And uh, you know, those guys are just they're fun to be around. You know, they love the game of football. Um, and and I'm going to be honest with you. What we do nowadays during the summers and the off season and all that, if you don't love it, 
you usually don't stick with it. Yeah. And uh, and these guys absolutely love it and are here every day ready to go and, and uh, big-time leaders for our team, and I can't wait to watch them play against somebody else. Is there any um, people that you think are going to have really big seasons that aren't getting the spotlight right now? Yeah, you know, I think Kylan Vaughn, he had 40-something catches for us last year, which at Lafayette, that's, that's big time. I mean, we don't throw the ball a whole lot at times, and uh, we're getting into more of a, an RPO read offense. Last year, he had almost 45 catches. Uh, for a guy to have that many touches uh, at a place like Lafayette, it's phenomenal. I think he's geared up for a great senior season as well. So he's one that uh, that may be flying a little bit under the radar, but I don't think will for very long. Uh, you know, Alex Jones is another one on defensive lineman. Jamari Logan, uh, DeCameron Lipsy, Trakias Woodall, all these guys I think will have opportunities. So what's the goal this season? Well, the goal of Lafayette is to win the state championship. You know, we say it all the time, and uh, I'm not coaching at other schools, so I don't, I don't know how they handle it. But at Lafayette, it's it's a goal of ours every year. Uh, well, we, we meet for the first time in the winter as a football team, and they our goal is to win the state championship. This is what we feel like we got to do to win it. And every day we go out and go to work to try to chip away and, and obtain that goal. So that's the goal. Uh, now, there are a lot of victories uh, between here and there, hopefully, that we'll have. And not all of them are the scoreboard, but uh, we mentioned it o- earlier, overcoming adversity, you know, growing up and maturing as a man. And, you know, all those are victories that the football team's capable of and that we're trying to accomplish. But our end goal as far as, you know, what we want to be as a program, as a as a 5A state champion, and that's the one thing that we, we say we haven't done yet. You know, there's been a few in 4A, but uh, we want to win one in 5A, and this team wants to be the first team to do it. You mentioned earlier the attitude is really nice. Can you... Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it, uh, you know, we, we talk about it all the time, the things that we can control, especially in the days of COVID, and there's so much you can't control. But what we can control is our, our effort and our attitude. And I can say uh, without a doubt, this has been uh, a lot of fun to be around this group. You know, we go out to practice and we're, or we go play. And uh, there's some teams that I've coached. And, man, I hope they play hard tonight. You know, we really need to play hard. But with this group, you don't have to think like that. They're going to play hard. They're going to practice hard. Their effort's been outstanding. You know, I think it goes back to last year, too, when we had to cancel the season and during the playoffs for COVID purposes. You know, I think we all at some point kind of took some of this stuff for granted you know we'll we'll get to play friday night or we'll get to practice next week and then all of a sudden somebody comes up to you and tells you hey you can't play or you can't practice so you know i think um, coaches and players it's kind of human nature you kind of take it for granted well i gonna be honest with you, I don't think that's taking place right now. I think these guys are determined to go out there and make the most of their opportunity and their time together, and that's what they're doing. Uh, that's a good place to end on. I want to thank you. Well, yeah, that's, a, that's an interview. Um, Coach Fair had a lot to say about our off, our offense, you know, and a few players that we could watch out for, like DJ Burgess or Mario Wilburn and stuff like that. But he also spoke on other things, and I think it was a pretty good interview. But we're going to switch it up right now and we're going to go into Dr. Kitchens where he talks about the school this year and how corona is going to affect um, how everything is going this year. A little bit different from last year as y'all already know. So just take a listen to what he has to say. Uh, I know it helped me a lot because I really did not understand the whole like how code red worked and everything like that. But you know he's a very He's very good with his words, and he explains everything. We love Dr. Kitchens. So, yeah, let's see what he has to say. Um, so we've had a different start to the year with COVID. We, we went mask all year last year, and we kind of we stopped that at the beginning of the year. And 
we went into that issue. So can you explain like the protocols and how that happened? I will do my very best to help you with that. So as we prepare to open uh, for the school year, um, the dis at the district level, because we all do the same thing uh, pre-K through 12. So most of the des those decisions are not made at the school level. They're made at the district level for the schools to follow. Um, now, with that said, uh, those decisions include information from lots of people. So principals, uh, other people uh, within the district, such as uh, other department heads, like maybe the special education director, the athletic director, uh, any number of people, board members um, are involved in that process. And so they will ask us uh, you know, a lot of different questions, kind of like you're doing today. Hey, how does this work? What would be best here? You know, how, can we, how can we move forward with this? And then they <clears throat> kind of take all that information, start piecing it together. Uh, they'll have uh, principals looking over that and pointing out things, making suggestions and that, that type of thing. So the, the goal was for everybody to be back at school. So this year, the State Department defined what virtual learning had to look like if you did. And so our district chose not to, uh, not to provide that virtual option but to either come to school or you know, do some type of homeschooling program. And with that, um, our community uh, had a lot of uh, input with regard to people uh, you know, calling uh, in and saying, you know, we want our students in masks or we don't want our students in masks or we want that to be choice, uh, you know, the choice of the family and the student. So all those things were taken into consideration and ultimately we uh, as a district decided to come back to school, everybody in person, and mask would be optional. So those were kind of the three, three big things is that we would all come back to school and we would all do that in person and that mask would be optional. So as you know, that's how we started the school year. On that Thursday, uh, when students came back. Earlier in that week, we had had a lot of different changes to happen even just with our teacher days because you guys know that teachers come back for professional development for a few days in front of students. And so a lot of things that had been planned for that week uh, got rearranged or scheduled differently or moved to different locations uh, or either they were done virtual and we had planned to just all be here kind of like a normal opening. Uh, but the week before that was to begin, we ended up with just a lot of people sick, a lot of cases among adults and students alike, and started to have to look very closely at you know, trying to keep us all safe and well so that we could go ahead and all come back to school. And of course we did that, and very quickly, uh, you know, it was, became evident that we were gonna have to look at some other possibilities because we started the school year with several cases and several students on quarantine. By the end of the next week, we had several more cases and a lot of students on quarantine. And that trend has kind of continued. So I guess it was last week, the high school was in mask all week. That had gone into effect the week before with a goal of trying to keep everybody here. And prior to that, so many kids had to quarantine because we didn't have a mask rule in place that allowed us to uh, allowed us to keep people here. Certainly people could wear a mask if they chose to, but it didn't help them stay in school if they were a close contact. So last week we went to a kind of altered uh, policy where if you have, first of all, everybody had to wear a mask. And then they also said, if we get to the point where they're optional again, say next week, maybe we're cleared to be optional, 
but if you have on a mask, whether the other person does or not, you will get to stay in school. So it won't be dependent on everybody if we go back to optional. Of course, right now we're in school and we, we're all here and we all have on a mask. So the mask is not going to for, force you to go home. Now there are ways that you could go home uh, with a mask on if you have three positive cases within a classroom or within a group or an organization then everybody has to go home. The mask does not matter at that point. But as far as just the day-to-day -day and the contact tracing and all of that, if everybody's in a mask, then you, you do not have to go home just because you're a close contact. You only have to go home if you're sick. So that's, that's a, lot of, a lot of information. But I do want to say, just to make sure everybody understands, safety is always first for students, always, 100% of the time prior to COVID. It was first. Uh, why, that's why we do a fire drill every month and regular tornado drills and, and lockdown drills. But I do want to, to have some clarity on this point. Mr. Foster, the assistant superintendents, the principals, the department heads, the school board members, we're not medical doctors. By having everybody wear a mask, we're not saying that anything with authority about how that affects COVID, whether that's going to keep you from getting the virus or whether it's going to keep the virus down or keep it from spreading. We, you know, we have doctors in health organizations at the state and national level. That's, that's their responsibility to do the best job they can and feed us the best information they can. Ours is to educate and we need students to be able to be here with us to have the best education possible overall for our school. And in doing that, our goal is, what are the things that we need to follow in order to keep as many kids at school as we can? It's not about whether I think this mask will or will not keep me from getting sick or keep you from getting sick, but I know what it does allow is for you and me to be sitting here right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that is where, where a lot of that decision, uh, kind of final decision making is coming from. What are the things that we can do that will give us the best chance at keeping the most kids in school every day. And so that's kind of where most of that's driven. Could you explain Code Red or whatever? We are Code Red. Could you explain the codes and <coughs> how many people it takes to go to each level? Okay, so I'm, I won't be able to help you with the math because mm -hmm. there's a math process. I don't have that in front of me. I, I have looked at it and I understood it as we were going through it. Uh, but I can give you enough, I think, to give people what they need to know. So there are four codes, and those are green, blue, yellow, excuse me, green, blue, orange, and red. And we are at a code red this week, and that's the highest level of transmission. So there's a greater chance right now, based on all the numbers, that the virus is transmitting while we are here at school. So the outcome of that the, the big things that are the outcome of that is, number one, everybody wears a mask. Number two, uh, meals are served in the classroom and not in the cafeteria. There are no activities, and when I say activities, don't get those confused with things like uh, football or band or ROTC. Like we're not, you wouldn't be able to have break or we wouldn't be able to have a pep rally or you know things of that nature. Um, and there would be certain things after school that we would need to curb if they're not uh, heavily uh, guided by like the MHSAA, uh, things that are, are guided by them. Um, so there's also no field trips if you're on Code Red. So those are the three big things uh, that are in place. 
It also, I believe, requires masks at after-school after activities. So if you come to a game, you would have to wear a mask as you're entering the building and finding your seat, and then kind of like last year, if you're with family units and all of that. Um, the difference between Orange, which is what we were on last week and this week, is last week, as the principal, I could have allowed a field trip if I determined that that could be done safely when we're at Code Orange. So that's the difference between orange and red, is that when you're red, there's no travel during the school day. So any trip that had been planned for this week would have been off. Um, if you are at green and blue, both of those are uh, masks are optional. One of them uh, has uh, lunches available to be served in the cafeteria. So there's some minor little things down there too. Uh, that differentiate those. But obviously green is all go <laughs> and masks are optional up to red where masks are required and there's no meals, activities are highly restricted, um, and there's no trips. So red, we can't, no pet rallies, no anything like that. Right. So in student, like for students, if we come around like homecoming mm -hmm. or something and we're still in the red, we're like, We'll be able to have homecoming? We would have homecoming, but homecoming would look very much like it did last a year ago, as opposed to what we hoped it would look like this year. So it would be, you know, highly restricted. Uh, we would not have an in-school pep rally and those types of things, but we would have the ceremony at the at the game uh, because we can socially distance. We can we can we can do that in a way to keep the people who are serving the representing the student body on the court. Uh, and their families, we, we, can, we can design that evening around uh, doing our part to keep everybody safe. Uh, but we can't do that if we take 859 students into the gym for a pep rally. <laughs> yeah, I, I so, so, those, uh, so those type of things. I, I think if you think in terms of Code Red, uh, then kind of think of last year. Uh, because it's very, very, very similar. Not a lot of differences from you know, what we're able to do last year through most of the year. Um, and, and we were still able to you know, have a football game or a basketball game, but there were just a lot of things uh, that, you know, those little extras that just have to go by the way. Um, I can tell you too, though, on those four levels, uh, categories is the positivity rate for Lafayette County, not just Lafayette County mm -hmm. School District, but the entire county. And last week that was somewhere around like 12 to 14 percent, and I think it needs to be down at like around four or five before it's not a red. Um, so if you have one red, uh, you, you, then you, it leaves all your other categories because you can only have two reds, and then you're red for that week. So, uh, so we had a red, you know, in another category, and so that gave us the two uh, because the positivity rate. Because even our lower elementary, which is, uh, I think they're on blue this week, or I think it's blue. They have not moved to the required mask level, but even they had that one red because of the Lafayette County's positivity rate. They just didn't have any reds on anything that relates to school, and that's on the school district website. If people want to look at that and understand it a little closer. Uh, you know, it lists everything and it tells how all the numbers work and what gets plugged in and positive cases and quarantines and all that kind of stuff to help uh, place you in your color for the week. That is reviewed every Friday morning at 9 o'clock for the next week. So our uh, school district administration and school board, um, they're doing that weekly so that it can, it can actually change weekly. We could be 
you know, green next week and then back to orange the next and then back down to green and then back up to red. So it's just going to depend on how things go. So I tell you what I'm really hoping for is I'm hoping that this Friday night the Tupelo Golden Wave will get on their buses and come to Lafayette High School and we will get to have a football game Friday night uh, with our community, with our student section, with our band and our cheerleaders and our dance line and our are, uh, and, and for the people from Tupelo to get to come and enjoy that and I think Coach Lewis has got some fireworks planned and uh, so it, it's set up to be a great great night uh, we, we had planned on having a big pep rally Friday morning outside in the in the Grove area can't do that now that we're code red uh, but we can have the football game so I hope that uh, hope that we get to do that I'm looking forward to it thank you so much you're welcome all right well thank you Dr. Kitchens that was a wonderful interview he explained a lot of stuff I had no idea about and the code red and everything like that and how pep rallies and everything is going to work. So, yeah, thank you so much, Dr. Kitchens, and I hope to have you back on the show. But now we're going to switch it over to student life, and on this one we're going to have Caden Croson. And just for a brief explanation of what student life is, it's like, you know, we're going to bring students on like Caden, who is probably going to be one of the bigger ones because he is so big in our community at the school since he is student council president and um, and uh, you know self-acclaimed leader of the student section so yeah we're gonna we're gonna welcome him and uh, let's get right into it welcome Gaden I mean, not really, other than just like, we have more home games this year for football and everything, so we're going to try to be more like involved and get, get more people there and just hope everything goes more like smooth than last year. Because you know, like, not many, even like the Osher game last year, we only had like 20 people show up because that's all I could find tickets to, yeah. yeah, and half of us were painted and then it was just, it wasn't as much fun, but this year I hope every, more people can come and just be more involved and everything, so that's about it. Yeah, about the painting. Is that something y'all want to do for um, most of the games or what? Um, I don't know because it's fun, but dude, it sucks though, bro. Like <laughs> having to get all the paint off. Maybe like Tupelo, probably since the first game. Um, depending on who walks for homecoming, we'll try to do it then, and then uh, senior night. Those are the three that I'll try for. But probably not every game. Yeah. Um, so I heard we got the scooter back. We did. Uh, we did indeed. Nate Leary's lost it and then stole it back. So I got to repair that too. It's broken. So. And you said something about wanting donations for it? Yeah. If anybody wants to donate money to fix the scooter, it'll be more than welcome. Because all, all we got to do is just, it needs new wheels, new paint. And um, a new anchor to put on the front. The anchor's just cardboard though, so it's not expensive. So, yeah, like just two or three dollars, or even a dollar if you want to, would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, and we did have um, the scooter along with crucifying a Kermit last year. Yes, we did. We did crucify a Kermit. So, are we planning to do anything else like that this year? We are, but that's uh, 
My ideas for that are top secret information top at the secret, moment. Okay. So, yep. Just know, it's gonna be fun. It's, it's gonna be fun. Can't wait to see that. Um, so, y'all do this for all sports or what? Yeah, we try to as much as we can, especially like volleyball. We're like a lot of people go to volleyball games, and then baseball too. And then uh, Coach Gray was talking to me the other day about trying to get everybody to come to basketball games. So basketball and then we'll probably slide to some soccer games and just as much as we can tennis too tennis was a tennis big one last year yeah. well hopefully soccer is not pouring down raining or like yeah. seven degrees outside fair enough <laughs> um so that's that's a lot that's a little bit to do with uh, the student section so tell us like the plans that you have that we have for student council this year um student council well we're hosting a convention this year in uh april i think yeah, April. So it'll be that'll be a big thing this year, and then we just want to we just want to get the school more involved with everything, because there's it's always the same people that like that do everything, and it gets kind of like like the same most of the time. So my plan is just to get more people involved with everything, where everybody can do something, and the school itself will just be more fun. And just like even if that's just like spirit days or like. Um, just like random stuff like that yeah it'll it'll be more fun this year well, a lot of people don't know what convention is so can you explain what convention is so like student council convention is um where every student council in the state that like wants to go goes to one school for a weekend and so like you have you have your speakers or whatever so like high profile people will come and speak to all the student councils about leadership and like their qualities and half the time all these people were in student council in high school so you get to listen to like older people that have grown up and like experienced stuff and their ideas and just their experience and everything and then um and then it's, it's just a great way to meet friends that like are kind of like the same type of person as you are almost because i've met i've met multiple people like i've been to convention just about every year since seventh grade and like you don't I have so many like lifelong friends that I've met from there, and then yeah, just that it's fun. Like it's real fun. Yeah. All right. And you also said um, we had what was it? What was the other thing? Something about uh, plans or whatever. For like right. pep rallies and stuff, right? I can't remember. It's weird. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like themes. It's kind of like themes. Oh yeah. yeah. Just like just get people more involved. Like for like so on. Uh, I actually just talked to the principals and stuff about this like 20 minutes ago. So like on Fridays, like all of football games, instead of like theming the day, we're just going to like everybody wear like red or like white or gold or something like that. Just like specified on the week just to like for everybody to be more involved because not everybody can like dress up for everything or like go out and buy something or like short notice. But just so, so yeah, so like for the day, just everybody will be wearing like the same colors. So like if you take a picture at a pep rally or somebody takes a picture of the commons or something, everybody looks like unified. But for the games and stuff, that's when you'll have your your themes of like your jersey days or like your neon days or Hawaiian days and stuff like that. So just to get more people involved and do that type of stuff is what is what I want to happen really. Yeah. Um, does student council have any like? We usually have, like, an ice cream social. Obviously, we didn't do that this year. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, I don't think we're doing one because we, what we were planning on doing it 
if we had normal break this year, but like, you know, with COVID and stuff and everything coming back up, you couldn't really have one. So as, as soon as we get normal break, I think we'll do it is what Miss Atkinson told me the other day. But like at the moment, I don't think we're doing it. Are we over, are you over pep rally things or is that the school? Um, are we over pep rally themes? No? No, but I'll help with that and get stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, homecoming week? Homecoming week, yeah. Homecoming week's going to be fun. Have we set a theme yet? Yeah, it's lights, camera, action. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, every day, um, it's dress up as a different movie, right? Or, like, uh, yeah. So, like... Like, I don't know what the themes are or, like, what the days are yet, but, like, let's say it's, like, Monday's, like, action movie or whatever. You dress up like, like your favorite character from an action movie or whatever and then just go throughout the week. And then that Thursday night, we're going to have a pep route, like a homecoming parade. And then I don't know the route yet, but I know it's going to end up at the football field. And it's going to be, like, neon-themed or whatever. It's going to be pretty legit. It's going to be fun. That was a pretty good Indeed. I can't wait. Let's get a lot of people to come out to these games. Oh, we will. We yeah. will. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. For sure. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kaden. That was a wonderful interview with your little slapstick, you know. A lot of noise in the background. I'm so sorry for that, guys. But, yeah, that was Kaden and uh, his little interview about the student section and our plans and some of them being secret, so y'all don't know about that. Neither do I, don't worry, and I'm part of the student section. So, yeah. Thank you so much, Caden, and we're just gonna, that's it. That's it, guys. I lied, that's it. Yeah, well, thank y'all for coming. I'm Kyle Trailer, and this has been The Anchor signing off. If y'all have any ideas, or you know, wanna come on, let us know in the comments. Once again, thank y'all so much for listening today. Let's see you next week.